Ah, another beautiful morning in Commuterville. You, alone in your car, crawling down the interstate. Stuck behind the SUV from Maryland, but firmly in front of the sedan from D.C. There is a better way. Van pooling. Save on fuel. Get to work in a better mood. And help get cars off the road for the planet's sake. Learn more at vanpoolalliance.org. Ride on. Hey, y'all. Trust that you are well today. It is Saturday afternoon, 118, here in West Central Florida. It's 89 degrees here. Um, humidity is low. It's another lovely, lovely day in uh, West Central Florida. Again, again, I, tr- I trust that you are doing well. I just, you guys know me. You know, if, if, if you follow what I do, um, yeah, the noise you hear is because I'm in the car. I'm headed to a gig. I'm headed to work. <laughs> Whenever you hear that rumble, you know I'm headed to work, right? Because, you know, got to work in this country, right? Got to have a job. Somebody got to have two jobs. Two, two jobs and a side hustle sometimes. That's how it is. Uh, and that's fine. And that's fine. At my age, uh, I, am, I am incredibly blessed to be able to do some stuff. You know what I'm saying? I can do things. So that's exciting to me. And I, and I don't mind doing it. All right. Um, you know, I was just listening to somebody on AM... And these people are driving behind me like crazy people. So I'm going to, um, if I seem distracted, it's because these people are, are, are beside me driving like um, they're insane. And because they kind of are insane, uh, it is interesting how people behave. But anyway, um, my, um, my problem today is I was listening to some AM radio, or trying to, about five minutes ago, and I had to turn it off. I just had to turn it off, because there seems to be this incredible misunderstanding about something something that I must basically think are, are simple. Um, when we talk about things like critical race theory, and what critical race theory is, and what it isn't. Critical race theory is a concept that was basically started in law schools to discuss um, laws and um, the implementation of such laws and how it affected things along racial lines. That's what critical race theory is. That's what it is. Now, has it been commandeered by people? You bet your sweet bippy it has. And now, critical race theory, is, I mean, at least that name, is being used to basically demean Europeans... And their behavior, in or some of their behavior, um, in other places around the world, under the guise, under the guise of we're telling the true history. Now, 
when this 18, the 1619 project came out in the New York Times, historians, just regular old historians, um, not like just you Hewitt and um, Dennis Prager, but you know, scholar, other scholarly historians chopped that crap up into mincemeat. They just did. Regular scholarly historians just chop it up in the mincemeat. Because they weren't impressed that it was a um, an, an ongoing article in the New York Times. They couldn't care less. They looked at it as a scholarly paper and it didn't pass muster. It didn't pass muster. It didn't pass muster. It didn't, it didn't have the juice to be a a useful scholarly paper. But it didn't stop people on the left from using it as a way to gain power and authority in their space. Because it's all about gaining power and authority in your space. And if you can gain power and authority, you can probably get money. See what I'm saying? See how this all works out? So this is what this is about. Which is why if they could get this what they're calling now critical race theory under under some guise of of the correct history of the nation or indeed the world to be planted in schools, especially schools in America. Then they can find then they would find a way to cement their power and authority and cash flow for the time to come. It's that easy. It's really that easy. There's nothing more complex about it. I mean, there really isn't anything more complex about it. I was listening to the host of the program that I was trying to listen to, talking about a, um, a trip that he took as a young person to, um, to South America. And he was looking at some of the statues, and he was amazed about how some of the statues looked African. Well, I, you know, I, I find that troubling that he was amazed by it. For a long time, a very long time, the only um, civilization, I mean, the, I mean, the, what we now call the cradle of civilizations were um, what we call now the continent of Africa. So it, so it doesn't seem amazing to me, does it, that you would have, that you would have already had people from the continent of Africa make the, make the trip across the, across the ocean, make that trip across the ocean and become part of whatever that was on that continent. 
that's not so amazing. You know what else? If you don't buy that, you have to buy this. Those people who live south of the equator, basically around the world, are of darker skin. Wonder why that is. And have, and the host mentioned, a nose with wider noses. Why do you think that is? Do you, do you think it has something to do with the, with the climate they live in? And then what happens? Well, the, the wide-nosed man meets the wide-nosed girl. Have, they have sex, and they, and they make wide-nosed babies who go out and do the very same thing. So you have the, this large group of wide-nosed people because of the climate they live in. And as people move further north, above, you know, when, above the equator and in, in, you know, in, in parts of, of the world now that we call Europe, guess what happened? The noses narrowed up a little bit because you didn't need to have as wide a nose. So they narrowed up a little bit. And then what? You had n- narrowed, n- narrow-nosed men having sex with narrow-nosed women, having narrow-nosed children. And features were different because of climate. Skin tone was different, right? All sorts of things were different. Why? Genetics. Science. So I don't know why, I don't know why the discussions... And all along, and all along, wars, conflicts, wars, all along, with people, narrow-nosed people, warring with narrow-nosed people, wide-nosed people, warring with wide-nosed people, all along, throughout the history of the world. So when we have this this narrative that the narrow-nosed people were warring with the wide-nosed people just to get the wide-nosed people stuff, and they just hated the wide-nosed people, it's like this Dr. Seuss um, mentality that we don't like you because you got a star upon bars. That's why we don't like you. Again, we're always trying to, to overlay whatever the popular narrative is for now over what happened a thousand years ago. And maybe that was some because people... Now, racism, the, what we call racism now, and bigotry, what we call bigotry now, those words, a lot of those words didn't even exist. had to exist, you know, the, the concepts, the feelings, I guess, had to exist at some point, because people suck. They always, and they always have. And I got bad news for you, kids, they always will. The worst part about anything are usually the people. The worst part about the best church you can find are the people. 
The worst part about the best job you can find are the people. And that's just how it is. Accept it. Accept it and roll on. Right? Accept it and roll on. Do the best you can do. Right? So in any any case. Um, so I don't I don't know why. I really don't understand why the hubbub literally about what this group of people is accused of doing to another group of people a thousand years ago. Because everybody has been, everybody, every group of people, every group of people, whether narrow-nosed or wide-nosed, have their sin. They have their own atrocities. Nobody is clean. Nobody. Not one group of people, no, not one people group that you can name, that you can find, that anthropologists can dig up, are clean. None. So what I don't understand is why some now are being found out to be evil and awful and should and their ancestors somehow should pay for their crimes. If you think about it like I just said it, that doesn't make any sense, does it? It doesn't make a bit of sense. Not even a little bit of sense. Because you could always go back to some group, some tribe, some... Um, whatever, some sect and find evil. And should the ancestors of those groups be forced to pay? And I don't mean just in like what, what we're now calling reparations. I'm talking about should they be socially castigated like some of the narrow-nosed people are being castigated Should that be the order of the day? Should that be how we live moving forward as a nation and as a planet? The answer to that for me is no. You already know how I feel about most things. Yeah, people suck. Move on. Try to do better moving forward. Why would you try to do better moving forward? Because it's, it's the right thing to do. Moving, Doing better moving forward. It's not that hard. I am extremely suspicious of people who profit on the past hurts of others. I am extremely suspicious about people who profit on the past hurts of of others. Not of themselves, but of other people. I am that makes me extremely 
outrageously suspicious of them. How about you? Does that make you suspicious? When somebody is advocating for somebody or some hurt or some wrong of some group that they're, first of all, they're not a part of and they're profiting because of it, that doesn't make you suspicious? Well, maybe because you hadn't thought about it that way yet. Maybe you hadn't thought about it yet. Maybe. I certainly have. I most certainly have. And you should too. All right, folks. Tell you what. It's only been about 15 minutes, but I hope that you've gotten a lot out of what we uh, what I said here. Uh, wherever this is posted, write your comments. I'd love to hear from you. Till we see you again, go out there and learn something, love somebody. And for goodness sakes, y'all take care of yourselves. We will see you when we see you. But my now. At Sandy Spring Bank, we care about people, not transactions. So we concentrate on creating personalized solutions to start or grow a business that provides for your family, to purchase a home that will house the memories you make there, to save so you can enjoy today and then pass on your legacy to future generations. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk. Visit sandyspringbank.com slash real. Mortgage, home equity, and other credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank. If you love scratchers from the Virginia Lottery, you probably also love when your dog nails a new trick. That's an everyday win, baby. Come on, Ranger, roll over. <laughs> Hun, did you see? He did it. Ranger rolled over. Oh, yeah. And now he's peeing on the rug. The rollover, though, still an everyday win. Like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Available in different prices and varieties at a lottery retailer near you. The Virginia Lottery. Everyday wins. For odds and more information, visit VALottery.com.